What is up, my beautiful people? Let me introduce myself. My name is Keisha. I'm a metaphysical B-girl baddie mindset coach for all women who are trying to evolve into the life that is meant for you. I will guide you into your abilities to tap into your divine power that will fuel your desires for personal growth. Welcome to the Baddie Activation Podcast. Hello, hello to all the beautiful baddies tuning in today. I hope everyone is having a peaceful day and enjoying this present moment. It's your girl, Keisha. Welcome back to Baddie Activation Podcast. If you have not done so, please follow or subscribe to the podcast. And if you know a baddie that can benefit from this podcast, please share and tag me on Instagram. I'm at Baddie Activation. If you feel called to, please leave me a review. I would love to hear from you. And plus, it really does help grow the podcast. And I want to make sure that you are, you're all vibing with what I'm saying. And I've said this before, if you have a topic that you want me to explore or just get my opinion on, like hit me up. Let me know. I'd love to create something specifically for you. And if you're new here, welcome. So I hope everyone had an amazing weekend. I know I did. Um, I had a couple <laughs> a couple of funny things that happened and a couple of like, oh my gosh, like light bulbs go on. So if I had to give my flavor a name of like who I am, right? I would say I'm very much an old school person, right? An old soul, old school. Like that's my vibe. So My husband and I, for like the past 20 years, we've owned, I think, maybe like three computers, like desktop computers. So we're literally those people who wait until it takes like five minutes for an Internet Explorer to pop up. And even when that happens, I'm like, I can be patient, but where I draw the line is where I'm having issues accessing my music or that's taken forever or I'm not able to make a mix CD. So whenever that happens, I'm like, it's time for a new computer. So this weekend, um, I hit up my sister because she's really good at computers. I was like, hey, I'm trying to, I need to buy a new computer. I need your help. So she sends me something like a link from Amazon and I open it and it's like this box this little square box I mean it's like super small and everything and I'm like what is this she's like it's a computer I was like this is a desktop computer and she's like yeah so I'm like okay so then I started thinking um and it looked very similar to like the computers I have at work that I see at work so I'm like okay I was like maybe this is just the new style of computers okay I'm with it so I showed my husband and he's like well there's not a you know a dvd drive I was like oh no no no. we need a dvd drive because again I'm still all about making CD mixes. Like if you know, I used to be that girl that would show up at parties with a CD mix of music. Like that was my thing back in the day. And what I would love is I would always like leave the CD behind just so they can have like a little piece of me as I leave. Um, But still to this day, I still make mix CDs, right? And I know... I'm sure if I showed up at someone's house again with the CD, they'd be like, what the fuck is that? Like, I don't have a CD player. Like, I get it, right? Times are changing. But all I know is that when I make um, a CD mix, that shit bumps fucking hard in my car. So that's why I still prefer to make CDs. Um, Okay, so anyway, so we, we go to the computer store 
and I tell the guys like, hey, you know, we're looking for a new desktop. And he's like, okay, well, what do you do, you know, with the computer? So I was like, well, music for one, um, you know, internet searches and, you know, creating documents and shit like that. And he's like, okay. I was like, oh, and it needs to have a, a DVD drive. And he looked at me and he's like, yeah, we don't, they don't make uh, computers like that anymore. I was fucking floored. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do for my CDs? And my, my sister was like, don't worry, you can buy like an add-on DVD drive for it. So I was like, okay, fine. So we go through all that research and kind of just looking at price-wise and everything. And then my sister's like, you know, the one I sent you from Amazon is a lot better than what you can get here in the stores, especially as far as like price-wise. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll just, you know, I'll order it offline, whatever. So then um, we end up going to Guitar City and we're looking at some shit there. And I love drums. Like right? I, I shared that before. Like I love drums. And so we go to the drum section and there's like this new drum set that's, I don't know, it's probably been out forever. I just never seen it. But it's almost like, it's it doesn't look like the traditional drums. Like, you know, you can picture the d- traditional drum set like being real big and bulky. This is like really small and condensed, right? It's like, it's super cool. I mean, like we're playing with it and it, you know, definitely sounds like the drums, but it's not like a real old school drum set. So at this point, I'm like, what the fuck is going on in the world? Like, there's no more desktops with DVD drives. And now they have this new age drums going on. Like, I was tripping. But anyways, I still saw, like, they were still selling the old school drums. Um, so all good. But yeah, it just really got me thinking, um about evolution right we talk about that a lot on the channel like we're always evolving and that means shit around us is always evolving technology like just everything is constantly growing which i think is great it's a beautiful thing and it just ties back to like what are we doing as humans like we should all be elevating we should all be growing we should be moving with life um just really living our best versions of who we are supposed to be And it's not a one size fits all. Like my best version is not, is different than, you know, other people's. Um, It's even different than like my husband and my family. Like we all are different beings, right? And it's just like with you and me, like we're all different. We should all be striving for something. And it's okay if it's not the same exact thing. So today's episode, so we're at episode 41. So last week um, was a good, you know, it was a milestone for me. It was the big 40. Um, But what's interesting is this week I got an email from um, Spotify. And they're like, oh, congratulations. Your podcast has been on the the air for one year. So I thought that was really, you know, dope too. So now officially we're celebrating a year of Batty Activation Podcast. And again, like I said before, like, Thank you so much for just being with me, sticking with me, um, you know, helping me build this community, really helping me with my vision of when I started this podcast. And I know for me, it's had a huge impact. Like I am definitely not the same person I was a year ago. And I hope that that continues, right? Because again, we should always be evolving. So today's episode um, is titled Sober Curious. So that's a question, you know, have you heard of this latest term of sober curious? Have you ever entertained the thought of sober curiosity? Um, So I really want to just dive into that topic today with you all. And 
The podcast jam is The Grouch. The name of the song is Breathe. Now, the song is full of seeds to be planted in your mind, like the entire song. Um, The one line that goes with this conversation today is just one simple line, and he says, sober is the new drunk. So definitely peep out the whole song. It's funny because like, I have a list of what I call like go-to songs and this is one of those. Like this is all, this is a classic for me. And hot news here, newsflash, The Grouch. So he, he puts on this tour, How the Grouch Stole Christmas, puts it on every year. And he always comes out here in Denver like right around December. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I've really even been to one of those shows. And let me explain, not not, not because I don't want to go, but in December here in Denver, it's fucking cold. It's usually snowing. It's It makes it, like when it's cold and snowing, it just makes it inconvenient to go out to like shows and do shit, right? So specifically for that reason, we never really go to the show. However, this year around, my girl Reverie was added to the show. I'm fucking pumped because Reverie hasn't been here since like before COVID. So we've already grabbed our tickets. Like it's going to be a fucking, it's going to be a great night. I can't wait. All right, so let's jump into this conversation. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be referencing a book. Um, I didn't usually share the books that I'm reading on Instagram, but I didn't share this one um, just because I was still kind of going through all my own motions with this. But the name of the book is called Sober Curious, and it's by Ruby uh, Warrington. And it's a really good book. Like you would think the book is just entirely about, you know, alcohol and, you know, her journey with alcohol. And that's part of the book, but she goes so much deeper into it. So for many years, um, she, in the book, right, she lived this dream life, right? Partying with celebrities and superstars. Um, she, I think she was, she was living in London. Um, that's, you know, that's where she's from. Then she moved to um, to New York with her husband, and that's when she really started to embrace a sober living or sober life. Um, and then beyond that, she really just took a, a deep dive into her spiritual and um, mystical well-being as well. So it's funny because the book, it's not just titled Sober Curious. It's like one of those books that's like a really long title. So peep out the, the full title, which is, Sober Curious, The Blissful Sleep, Greater Focus, Limitless Presence, and Deep Connection Awaiting Us All on the Other Side of Alcohol. Like, I'm not even joking. That's the name of the freaking book. So just kind of hearing all those additional add-ons, to me, that's how I, that's the reason why I got like super curious about the book. So she shares her story, which I won't go into deep uh, detail with you. I would, again, suggest reading the book. I will say that um, she speaks about her first contact with alcohol at a very young age, which I'm sure a lot of us can relate to. Um, I want to I want to quote her from the book. So she says this, I was drinking because everybody else was, because alcohol was always available, presented as a tool to help us deal with life. So does that sound familiar to anyone? Because I'm raising my hand, it sounded familiar to me. So to be honest, I related to some of her behaviors and feelings about alcohol. I'll probably be making some reference um, of the book throughout this conversation. So let me share with you what brought me to this conversation that I'm having with you today. So we all have an individual relationship to alcohol, which is unique to us, right? So I want to start off by saying that in no way am I judging anyone who drinks 
I just know that this is my story and my experiences that I'm going to share with you. So here's a a little bit more about me. So if I'm going to be honest, let's be real. My first dance with alcohol was me in high school. And if I had to go back and label it, honestly, I can just chuck it up to peer pressure was probably a huge fact as to why I tried alcohol or, you know, I wanted to be cool and I didn't want my, you know, my so-called friends to make fun of me or, you know, again, kind of the cool factor. We all, at the end of the day, have our reasons why, um, you know, we drank or didn't drink or whatever. So I wouldn't consider myself um, out of control with drinking, you know, especially back then, just a curious teenager trying to find her way. And I can also say that the few times that I did play around with alcohol when I was a teenager, nothing good happened. (laughs) All right, so then let's fast forward a little bit to 21. So 21 pops off. And I'm still, you know, I remember, I remember going out for my 21st birthday and honestly, it fucking sucked. Like, I, I, I think what it was is like my friends at the time weren't 21 yet. So I had to go out with some random person and it's just, it was not a vibe, but I have so many other dope ass nights out that made up for that one night. So for me, I really, honestly, I was just a weekend party girl. Like I wouldn't, you know, I I always worked a Monday through Friday job. And to be honest, I've worked since I was like 14 years old. So Monday through Friday, I would work, do the work thing. And then the weekend would roll around and, you know, usually hang out with the homies and go out partying. So an important piece of my story is that my dad raised me until I started high school. Then I went to live with my mom. We, you know, we were still in the same hood area, so it wasn't like I had to move far away from him. Um, he was still a very big part of my life. You know, at the end of the day, he was everything to me, and he still is everything to me. My dad was one of the hardest working men that I know. He made sure that we had a home, he cooked for us, he provided for us. Like him and my mom, even though they weren't together, they still had mad love for each other and they were friends. Like they did a really amazing job on co-parenting. So nothing but dope ass memories that I have about my family. Oh, and there was one other thing that I remember. My dad's drink of choice was vodka. So although it's crazy to say this, but it's facts, I wasn't fully aware of my dad's relationship with alcohol. I mean, I was a kid, right? That wasn't really my role. But to me, I didn't see a problem. It wasn't until my adulthood that I started to uncover the risks of alcohol and the dark side. I had experienced the light of alcohol, meaning I had a lot of good times drinking with the homies, with my husband. Like, I'm not even going to front on that. Like, I had good times drinking. I can still remember that. I can still remember the time when, you know, we're getting ready before we're about to about to go out for the night, like that pre-party vibe, right? Like the first drink, playing music, doing my hair, makeup, getting my fit together that I had specifically planned for that night. Like those are still good memories for me. The sad truth is that my dad left us too soon. Even though I got 32 years with this one-of-a-kind person. It wasn't long enough for me. And unfortunately, alcohol was a part of the reason that he left us so soon. So I remember, I remember that was the first time in my life that I started to question alcohol and really ask myself, what the fuck is this shit doing to me? As I continued on my path from that moment, things started to shift for me. 
I think that anytime you have a loss in your life, that the impact can some that impact can sometimes start a redirection in your life. And I feel like that's when mine started happening. And it was very subtle. Like it just didn't happen overnight. I am truly, truly grateful that my husband and I were what you can call social drinkers. So we would only drink when we were, you know, partying with others and never on Sundays. Like we were very disciplined with that rule. I remember, um, you know, going through my my drink phases, right? Like I think my first drink would be... Um, pineapple juice in Malibu or vodka or cran- vodka and cranberry but actually let me take you back to the beginning drink of choice I'm talking about Arbor Mist like those flavors were fucking wild and of course I went through a wine phase you know I felt all sophisticated and shit drinking wine but really I think it was just the wine glass like wine glasses are pretty fucking dope like I like drinking just normal shit out of a wine glass but most recently, right, got to give it up to the White Claws. That was probably the, the last drink of choice of mine. Now, when I lost my dad is when I really started to slow down on the drinking. I started to notice that I could still be around alcohol and not drink. It was something that I was experiencing years and years ago. So I would go months between drinks. Remember, like I said, I was, um, I was a social drinker. And even in those party environments, I was able to just be sober quiche. Like I can honestly say that during COVID, I think my husband and I drank like once or twice. So again, I'm not painting myself to be this, you know, big hardcore drinker. This is just, you know, this is just my story. Now, let's have a conversation about the ugly part of alcohol. Oh yeah, I was not going to ignore that part. So part of the reason why I've chosen a sober path is because I cannot keep putting my body through the hangovers. That shit is unbearable. One thing that I noticed on my heavy drinking nights was that I would usually black out, which I know is not good. Like, you know that's not good. That's a horrible feeling to wake up from, right? Like, looking at my husband being like, what the fuck happened last night? And being so afraid of what he would say. And there were times (laughs) where he would tell me stories and I'm like, what? I fucking did that shit? Like, and the shit's embarrassing, Or what about the very intimate interaction you have with the toilet? Like when I'm puking up my guts. For me, the hangover started to become a pattern. Blackout, throw up, head and body ache, the whole next day in bed, and another weekend day was wasted. And the commitment to stop drinking the next day was another piece of my pattern, right? Like who, how many of us wake up the next day after drinking? I'm never going to drink again. Like that shit's real. So then a few weeks, months, or whatever the time frame would roll around and we were back in an environment where a night of alcohol looked so irresistible. Because I was so good at not drinking for X amount of time, I would reward myself with the night of a few hours where I was lit and probably acting a fool and then reward myself with the hangover. So as I would continue this cycle, I would never lose my awareness of a thought that would always come up for me. Can I still have a dope-ass life without alcohol? Would I still have fun? Would I be fun to be around, right? I've had tons of sober experiences where I've had an amazing night and had fun and was still able to connect to the homies. So I started to learn that I didn't need alcohol for the reasons I thought I might have needed it for. Again, everyone is on a different path. This is just mine. 
So here I am today now embracing three months without alcohol and I know that number appears to be small and compared to the longest time frame I went between drinks in the past, it is small. But it's very impactful to me now, today in my life. The last time I had a drink was, and don't judge me because I broke a rule of mine, the last drink I had was on a Sunday. It was when we went and saw DJ Scratch uh, Scratch Bastard. Um, It was the weirdest thing because it was an early event. It was a Sunday. I had to work the next day. And I was the only one drinking in our group. Like that's not me, but it was me. It's really an experience when you're the only one drinking, especially if it's me and my husband. So I remember, you know, we went out to eat uh, before we went home after the show. And for me, I felt like the party was just starting. Like... I probably would have continued drinking, but I remember like pausing, like, no, you know, you're not going to get another drink. But then I started to feel some crazy vibes. Like I thought my husband was judging me or was getting annoyed by me. Okay, judging me is probably far-fetched, but I'm sure he was a little annoyed by me. The hangover wasn't too bad the next morning. Of course, I pushed through it, but I was not my normal self. Of course, my morning routine was out the window. I felt the guilt and shame that I previously felt and have, you know, I previously talked about my husband, you know, about that feeling. And he assured me that nothing happened, that he saw that would have caused those feelings, that, you know, I'm, it was probably just all in my head, which he was right. Like, I was generating those thoughts. So after this event, uh, I started on my sober path again. But this time it felt different. Around this time, I started to attract content to me regarding alcohol use. Then I started to hear other people talk about the hangover guilt and shame when nothing happened to them to cause those feelings. It was the use of alcohol that was causing those feelings. So it started to make me feel better, I guess, in a way, because for a while there, these weird feelings that I was having It was like this weird after drinking anxiety, shame, guilt feelings that I wasn't too sure where they were coming from, right? Like typically you do something that creates those feelings. So it just felt nice to be heard and to hear other people say that, you know, they also were going through that stuff. Now, of course, I have to sprinkle some mystical stuff into all of this. So I started to think about this thought of me not drinking that I've had with me for such a long time. I started to think that it was my higher self talking to me, telling me that it's time to start cleansing my body from alcohol and that it's okay to live a life without alcohol. So circling back to the book, once I made this last intention to not drink, I started on my journey. Once I had started this book, The Sober Curious, popped into my awareness. So I didn't know about the book prior to the last time I was drinking. It wasn't until after my last drink, until after I made this decision to stop drinking. So of course, I was attracted to the book. I read it and it's a really, really great book. Now again, I don't align with her entire story, but there's bits and pieces that I do align with. And it was nice to hear someone else speak about some of the same shit I have experienced. It made me feel more comfortable with sharing my story. So she talks about how she's afraid of not being accepted by certain people without drinking, which is a true feeling. I felt like that. But she also illustrates how if they're your real friends, it shouldn't matter if you drink or not. 
And I've also experienced that. Like again, I sometimes we tell the, tell ourselves this fake narrative like, oh my gosh, they're going to judge me if I'm not drinking or they're not going to talk to me anymore. And that's like so far from the truth, right? So you'll end up expanding your friendship circle with new friends that align with your new relationships with alcohol, right? So you're not really going to lose anything, I'm not going to get into all the health benefits that a sober life brings. You can definitely Google that just like I have. But I can speak to the fact that for me, something that I've been feeling without alcohol is positive energy. Motivation to put in more time on my podcast, on my coaching business, and other adventures that I still want to accomplish. Now, I love to see signs, right? Like, I'm all about seeing a sign and reading into that and taking it for what it is. So with this last intention, with my sober choice, I've seen people who I follow, who I admire, who have also started to remove alcohol from their lives. I even made a new friend this last time we were in Cali that also started a sober curious path. And guess what? We were at a bar. See, you can still go to bars. You can still dance your ass off on the dance floor without alcohol. I used to think that I danced better when I was drinking. Like that sounds so silly to me now. The fact is I dance better when I'm fully aware of the movement and the energy that I'm putting out. What about when you're lit and you're trying to have a conversation with someone? Like they usually don't make sense or you forget what the fuck you talked about. So for me at this moment, I can say that I feel like my vibration is higher, which is always a good thing. We should always be elevating consistently. Plus, I have to be super clear-minded because I'm about to start living a desire of mine very, very soon. So another lesson I learned from the book was this question of, who am I without alcohol? Here's the answer. It's still me, Keisha. I'm still living my life and I still have the homies. My third eye is popping. I'm thriving like I'm living. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for accepting, you know, me, right? I appreciate every single person who listens to this podcast. And I do hope that something hit home with you from my experience. Like I said, when I read the book, I didn't relate to all of her story, but I took what I needed. And listen, for me, removing alcohol is a choice and a a commitment that I'm making now. And for you, it may be something else. It doesn't have to be alcohol. Maybe you're trying to give up soda or maybe you're trying to exercise more. Like whatever you're trying to do to elevate, like that's a good thing. Whatever you're working on, celebrate the small wins. I'm celebrating the fact that I haven't had a drink in the past three months. Like for me, I like that feels good for me. So that's what's popping in my life right now. If Again, if anything I talked about spoke to you, let me know. I'm curious. I have my own additional reasons as to why I've chosen to be sober, but those are my unique reasons, just like you all have your own unique reasons to, you know, make all of your choices. Like, we're, that's what makes us all amazing human beings. Like, we're all different. Like, I started to think about that. Like, if we were all the same person, having the same thoughts and, and like, 
move in the same way, like the world would be boring. Like we all have something unique and different to bring into this world. And that's what makes us special. So my closing thoughts today, we're all on this journey called life. We get to create our reality. At this moment, we should all be living in our desires and manifesting more desires. And if you're not, this is your sign to start. Again, I want to send you so much gratitude because each week I feel more and more gratitude for this community. Until next time, fam. Peace, love, and unity.